two jobs. She's a teacher at college and says, works here part-time, heating up her prophetic and prayer side of the fellowship here. And she also did the Advent calendar and things like that, Advent devotional. Sorry, Sarah, I'm taking up too much of your time. But let's hear that again for Sarah. She comes and finally takes us microphone. Bless her. Thank you. Get all my notes ready. Now he's off fine this morning. Good, yeah, awake. Good, we like to be awake in the presence of God, don't we? That's right thing, if you're not awake and you do come into it, then you do become awake. Plenty of joy to go around this morning. Amen. Iris. There you go. Right, get started. Okay, I'm going to watch my time as well. I always lose track of time when I'm up here. Just end up yapping and like, got no concept of when I started or when I'm going to finish. So I'm going to watch this time. <coughs> Advent. So I'm enjoying reading their little Advent bookies. Apps really, I'm making a mere one effort to read it with my mom this time. Because a lot of the time I'll just get up and I'm like, ooh, I'm getting my, my Advent devotional. And then I completely forget about her. But this year we've been good. We've been meeting at some point of the day and we're sitting reading it together. Either she reads it out or I read it out. And then there's always some sort of laughter or hilarity ensues after that. So it's been good. So I was thinking about Advent. Um, and thank you to everybody that has contributed to our book. Like, we couldn't be able to do stuff like us without you guys. And putting up with my endless text messages like, you're late, you're late. <laughs> so I'm the best that is to send other messages out. But I really am really thankful for you. Um, so through the week, um, could have been two weeks ago actually, thinking about the Advent book at work in the word Advent. And I follow 24-7 prayer on Facebook, and they've also got 24-7 Prayer Scotland branch as well, and there's a Quine Crystal Cryer, heads up, Samoat, and she had this little spiel, a little tiny little blog about Advent, so I just want to start by reading that out, and this is what she said, right now as I type, the Edinburgh Christmas market is in full swing, my Facebook and Instagram feeds are filled with friends' pictures of their Christmas trees, and decorations adorning their homes, and the quite essential poncetta sits on my dining table. However, the special day that has inspired all of this festivity is not here yet. This is Advent. This is coming. I have a few friends who dread the Christmas season because the pace of life revs up to a manic speed and they find themselves then collapsing in exhaustion on Boxing Day. I wonder how many of us can relate. And I wonder if this indicates that we are in a way actually missing out on Advent because the very word itself suggests a season of preparation for a great arrival. John L. Richardson puts it this way. The season of Advent means there is something on the horizon the likes of which we have never seen before. Wow. Something you've never seen before. Fun wants to see things happen that you've never seen before. You should have expectation in your, your life every day with Jesus. What is possible is to not see it. What is possible is to not see it, to miss it, to turn just as it brushes past you and you begin to grasp what it was you missed, like Moses in the cleft of the rock, watching God's back fade in the distance. So stay. 
sit, linger, tarry, ponder, wait, behold, and wonder. There will be time enough for running, for rushing, for worrying, for pushing. For now, stay, wait, something is on the horizon. And I loved that word. I was like, oh, it's just Advent for me always meant like Advent calendar. And I never realized the word actually means like waiting on the arrival of a notable person or something. It's that waiting with expectation and we, um, we, like as excitement, like we won't be surprised this season as Kevin has been sharing. So I always just thought the word Advent went like Advent calendar, like 25 days of chocolate or something. But I got so excited, I thought, no, Advent is this waiting period. And my message today is, what are you waiting for? Okay. Now you can say that in two ways. You can say, what are you waiting for? As in, what are you waiting for to happen? Like, what promise are you waiting to happen? What event are you waiting for? Like, are you waiting to go on your holidays next October at Disneyland? Are you waiting for the new clubby book to come out? I'm not caring what you're waiting for. Do folk even wait for clubby books anymore? I don't think that's a thing. But I'm not sure. Oh, can I beat an Argos book at Christmas, though, eh? I was a post, totally deviating, sorry. I was a post on Facebook, and you could actually click on the link and look up all Christmas Argos catalogues. So every year, like for the 80s onwards, you could go and I'm like looking at like 94, the other toys I would have looked at. I was like, what a waste of time. Only why. <laughs> Argos have this on their Facebook page. If you want to look up an all Christmas catalogue, you can totally do that now. So I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so I don't know, what are you waiting for? And you can also say, like, what are you waiting for? Like, just do it. Like you're standing at the edge of something or there's an opportunity in front of you and somebody goes, oh, what are you waiting for? And sometimes God has that message for us as well. He's like, what are you waiting for? Like it's, ah, oh, yeah, just step into it. Don't try and overthink the situation or work it out. Don't lean on your own understanding. What are you waiting for? So, so the first thing is, what are you waiting to happen? And in Bible times before Jesus came, God's people were waiting on something. They were waiting on the Savior, the Messiah, the restoration of their kingdom. They were waiting on this because it had been prophesied for hundreds of years. So there was this expectation that they were waiting for that. They were not waiting for a car or for a lottery win, a new relationship or for Brexit to get sorted. They were waiting and it was not just a waiting. There was something burning inside them. They were waiting with a hope for a Savior. And I want to look at two people that were writing in the Christmas story. And it's Simeon and Anna. And these are one of my two favorite people in the Nativity story. Um, I don't care why, I just really like them. Um, I think God always speaks to me through them. So it's Luke 2 that you can look up. Luke 2. Luke 2, 21 to 39 is what I'm going to read. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord 
a pair of doves, or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, the restoration of the kingdom, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the Lord acquired, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then had been a widow for 84 years. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Simeon and Anna. So I'll look at Simeon first. They were both waiting with this promise for the Lord about a Messiah and for the restoration of the kingdom. And they were waiting. They had been given a promise by God and they were waiting for it. And my question to you is like, what are you waiting for? What promise are you pressing in for? Because waiting is a massive part of our walk with Jesus. Like, we didn't pray every day and get an answer every day. Like, life doesn't work like that. We're waiting on something, and there's promises in the Bible. There's things God has promised us, and they're in the Bible. And I just wrote down a few things. Like, this Bible is full of promises. Do you care that he has got plans for you? Jeremiah 29, 11. His, do you care that his pathways are peace? Do you care that that's a promise that you can declare on your life every day? Peace. Fa likes peace. I love peace. I fight for my peace. I get greedy for my peace. When my peace gets robbed, I get angry. Start directing your anger at the right place in the spirit and not people. Easier said than Dina can, but just proclaim your peace. Your pathways are peace. Do you know that he is your provider? Listen, God wants to provide for you. God's not embarrassed to speak about money. We need money to live. And we need money to survive. It's just a thing. Speak to God about your money. He's not embarrassed about it. He wants to help you. He wants to make sure you've got food on your table. And he actually is generous. He likes to bless you. Okay? You don't have to live in rags because I'm saved. No. God wants to make sure that you and your family are looked after. He's your provider. Do you care that you don't have to live with fear? There is like bundles of verses about fear that we didn't have to put up with it. Do you know that it, his, it is God's will that everybody should be saved? Like that person in your family that you want to see come to Christ 
and be saved. Oh, it's God's heart as well. He is more desperate for that unsaved person to be with him than you are. Your love for them will never touch his love. It is his will that all shall be saved. And did you ken that he's your father? Did you ken that he wasna this cold person beating me a stick? These things are promises worth finding out about in your word. And they will keep you alive. They will keep you fighting. They will keep you in strength to press in for the things for your family. For the people that have walked away, for the people that didn't care them, for the things that are gone wrong, this word will strengthen you like nothing else will. The promises of God, what are you waiting for? What promises is there? Ask God anew in your heart. Dinner wait till dinner time. Or after I'm finished and you forget about it. Say it anew. Fit my face in a new Lord. And fit promise have you got for me that I can push on for? Ask him. And he'll tell you. He'll say, this is what my word says. Ask him. How we wait is just as important. Advent, as I've said, is a time for waiting. But see an Advent time. And we're waiting for something. We're not just idly waiting, doing nothing. We're preparing. It's like this, not boring waiting, but it's this excited for life. Can I sit in my bum? I'm so excited, like Christmas is coming. Right, what is excited for the Christmas dinner? What is excited to play with the Baron's toys? Because I am. I got my auntie Seuss, and all the Baron's took their cool new gadgets, and said I get to play with them. It's great, okay? But there was a robot dog last year. That was the bee's knees. So... I can't wait. A rumor there might be another Polaroid in the family. Polaroid camera. I'm like, this is great. So I am excited for Christmas Day. There is a difference. I know I mind, I can't mind, I must have been waiting or learning about waiting some way. And I always mind the Lord saying to me, He said, There is a difference between waiting in the doctor's office than waiting for Christmas. And I was like, Oh, that's so true. Like, we can wait as frustrated as we want, or you can wait well. And cannot comes we experience as well in journeying with the Lord. Like, see, going into the doctor's office. I used to hate going out of the doctor's office when I was younger because I suffered with anxieties, right? So it was painful. I hate to sit for 10 to 20 minutes, sometimes half an hour an hour, waiting for the doctor to take me into the office. And, and like, I'd be pacing up and down the stairs. Like, I read every poster on that wall. Like, if you need flu jobs, you need to phone this phone number. Cancel your appointments. There was 300 appointments not kept this month. Like, I just could, I could not sit down. I was like, ass pain. Like, I, I'm nearly quite new. Every time I go to the doctor's new, I go on with a smile. And I think, ooh, fam, I get a CD. Can, our role has got to be a mission, isn't it? Can you, go, you can't have just go to the doctor's office, Sarah. You've got to meet somebody and spit, can, ho, ho, can. And I am the Fruit Loop that goes on smiling at Abdi's faces. <laughs> Nobody smiles back at you. <laughs> and, I'm like, and Abdi's just what, did bite on their phones. And I'm like, oh, well. Uh, Abdi like, avoids eye contact with you. See if you smile. Like, <laughs> Nobody wants to speak in the doctor's office. So if it happens, is you just go on Facebook, don't you? All right, all right. So, so massive difference in my life. Hello, um, the anxiousness. So how you wait is very important. And the difference between waiting in the doctor's office and Christmas is expectancy. I'm expecting something. We've got two ladies in here that are expecting a baby. They're expecting. 
And that time is an exciting time for you guys. Like you're getting us brand new life and it's got to be full of joy. And in fact, let's just stretch our hands between or uh, to Kylie and Anna. And we're just going to, Lord, I just pray that this would be a time for leaps of joy in their spirit, for leaps of joy in their belly, for as God is speaking on babies in the secret place, there would be sudden leaps of joy within them as families and couples, Lord. And we just, we thank you for your peace and your joy. And we proclaim out or their spirits, God, for this season to be a joyful time of preparation. Amen. It's exciting to pray for babies and moms. It's exciting. Expectancy. Kevin spoke to us about expectation. Ken, let's expect the good surprises. And I really felt like, Ken, God is like telling us every week to be expecting. He's got good things for us. And I'm excited. And I want to wait idly. I want to get excited about waiting. And that's possible in the supernatural. Like, I'm expecting at the end of the December to be partials to be opened and parties to be had. Like, I'm ready for that. I'm picking clays. I'm getting ready. We need to wait well with the Lord and to get ready as well. We love to get ready. And it is a massive part of our journey with the Lord, as I've mentioned. We're never going to, like, pray one day and then it's answered immediately that day. That's not how life works. So it's inevitable, and it's crucial, really, to your life on earth is waiting. And how we respond to these waiting periods in our lives are important. How are you going to wait in your waiting period? Are you going to despair? Are you going to sulk and throw toys out of pram? I like a sulk sometimes you can. Oh, man. See, when I was little, my, fam- my mom's side of the family, I've got a nickname for my, and it's called Moog. Like M-O-O-G, like this is a real story. My 16th birthday, they put a horrendous photo of mine and said, happy birthday, Moog, right? And a paper. It's like, thanks for that, guys. Um, but if Sarah took a Moog, it meant that she was going to want to take like, a spinny, okay? Like, I took a, a Moog a couple of weeks ago. My mum just sat and laughed and took a photo of me. I says, you are not taking... Oh, it's really funny, you're taking a Moog. She took photos of me. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then we laughed about it, and I realized I was being an idiot. But we love to sulk and, hey, I carry on with our see this. Um, will we get into these ruts in our spiritual life? Or will we dig our heels and say, God, I can that you are there in this waiting period. I can that you're with me, speak to me, strengthen me. Like, get greedy for the things in the spirit. I'm like saying, God, I'm fed up. I never want to be fed up. Only me are. But the heaven can change your life, because Jesus has changed your life, and there's things in heaven that needs to come down and change the journeys you're on. Start getting stubborn about that and saying, hold the phone, I need to speak to God. Refuse to be a victim on this side of eternity and start pulling heaven down. It is your right as a child of God to pull the promises of heaven into your life. It's time for us to learn some boldness. It says in Proverbs 28.1, if you want to write a dune, the wicked flee though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Now, when I read this and wrote this week, I actually thought, when I think about a roaring lion or fire, I sometimes think, oh, Reinhard Bonnke. And he actually passed away yesterday. How did you see that on Facebook? And I was, I was really sad, but I was really excited. And I thought, oh, man, what a day, what a promotion. 
going to want to be Jesus. He's run his race. But that man had like a boldness about him. But he roared in the spirit. And I found this quote that I need to, this is why I've got my phone. I'm near checking my messages, I promise. Here we go. I quote, this is what Reinhard Bronke had said. When the devil has got an entire generation trapped on perversion and sin, am I going to purr like a cat? Am I going to coo like a pigeon? No, I am going to roar like a lion. He would have said that in his little German accent, wouldn't he? Roar like a lion. And I was like, ooh, it's good. We need the accent for it to be effective, don't we? But that man, he carried something of the boldness of the lion of Judah in his life, didn't he? Oh, it's for us. Oh, isn't he just for Reinhard Bonnke? And I'm pretty sure he spent his life imparting that into other folks' lives. We need to start picking up that fire for ourselves. It is good. And it has been in these waiting periods that God has developed that boldness within me. And it, well, there were not easy times. There were dark times. There were hard times. There were throwing the toys out the prom times. Because you do not always wait well. Like, nobody's perfect. But that's how God shapes you. And it's like these little prods of life come over you. And in, in the end, you just say, I need to rise up like a lion right now. Because I've got Jesus in me. And I need to do something about this. Dinner ticket knocking down. You're new weak. You're not a victim. You have Christ in your life. And that is your truth for the day. And you, you become thankful for these events in your life that you go through. It's not that you would care to live them through it again, like you don't want to go through it again, but you become thankful for what God has deemed through that process, for the fruit that is produced in your life. It is worth the waiting. It is. I'm going to reread some of what Simeon said when he seen Jesus. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all the nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. He, I'm sure Simeon would tell us, it was worth the wait. I waited for 15 years for a breakthrough against anxious and irrational thoughts. Was it a tough 15 years? Was it a very real 15 years? Yes, it was. Nay, every day was bad and depressing. I didn't mean that. I mean, you live life through trials, and there was good times. But was it worth the wait for the freedom that I'm walking in now? A hundred percent. Yes. He has restored the years the locusts have eaten. The years, the years that you spend waiting on your breakthrough, are restored to you. Nothing's a waste in God's kingdom. Not at all. It was worth it. I waited on him, and I did not wait well. I've got youth leaders and friends that can testify I did not always wait well. There were some hairy moments. Jasmine and Kylie were my peers in the youth. They can tell you some stories. But dinner, please. <laughs> but God came through. Because the thing about God's promises is, they do not depend on us. They depend on him and for he is. And praise him for that. God's grace. Grace. We didn't wait perfectly, but God's grace is in it. He was there for me in my good days, in my bad days. And I pray that his grace would just come like a rain on you today. If you need grace to go through situations, 
Do you need grace today? Maybe you have not, you, maybe you're not waiting well or you feel that you've given up on something or you just need our extra. Jesus, I need you. Is it grace? It was his grace that I managed to walk through half of this stuff. And you guys have all got the same story as me. You've all walked through stuff. And it's his grace that's just came like a rain and said, I'm here. I'm going to calm, scary Mary Doon. I'm going to be with you. He lightens your load with grace. So Simeon had declared, you can dismiss me in peace. He'd gotten a relief, a fulfillment. His eyes had seen salvation. He'd seen Jesus on earth, God on earth. That was only reserved for a certain amount of people. Jesus only walked the earth 33 years as a human, fully man, fully God. That's not happening again. He's ascended and comes back to earth as triumphant, as Lord, as the Lamb. But at 33 years were a unique point in time for only the people that were in that area. So Jesus, God, like, how can you even fathom that? Walking on this earth, people were privileged to see Jesus minister. Like, what would that have been like? How do I run a prayer ministry? How do healing work? Just follow Jesus. Just watch this man bring kingdom on earth every single day. He was perfect, living the kingdom, a perfect why, on earth. And we will never see that in that context again. This man got to see baby Jesus, and he knew that he'd gotten to see something special. If it would have been like to go back in time, for, does somebody do that game? If you had a time machine, far would you go? Or is that just me? Well, that could be a fun game for the Christmas table. I didn't always say Jesus time, but if I did go to Jesus time, like far would I, would I watch him cast a demon out? Would I watch him walk on water? But really, if I would really like to do is watch him be in his prayer time, spending time with God. Like, fit is that like? Like, fit are you doing? Like, fit is going on here? I think that would be fascinating to see him get up and go to the mountain and just do whatever he was doing. He might have danced. You dick in. Could have done anything. And I bet you, Simeon would tell you, it was worth the wait. Moving on to Anna, the the prophet. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then had been a widow for 84 years. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Anna. She waited well. And you can, when I read these verses, I'm like, okay, I can, I've got to write about Anna, but if it is about this verses, Lord, that how she waited, and the difference is presence. You see, God's presence was in the temple, and that's where Anna was every day and night. And now it doesn't speak to me of duty or boredom or trying to work towards salvation. She wanted to be in the presence of the Lord. And that was, I just really believe that she prioritized presence because she was meeting with the Lord at the temple. It was an intimacy thing for her. It wasn't a duty thing. She was encountering something very real in her life and she just wanted to do that, meet with him. She prioritized presence. Prioritize presence in your waiting, in your Advent time. Prioritize that stillness, that waiting, that lingering with the Lord. I could stand here for two hours, like Kevin already mentioned, 
the presence of the Lord changes everything. I could stand here for two hours. We have a practical plan for you to get breakthrough or to read your book to read your Bible more, but 10 minutes encountering God in his presence could break more chains and deal with more issues than my 10-point sermon ever could because it's about him. It's about encountering the realness of Jesus in five years to you. It's far things become real and clear and we can be empowered to face the impossible in our lives. Presence. It's like, how do supernatural things work? I dig in. But I do ken that it starts with the presence. But it is an encounter. Prior, prioritize presence this December. Take up moment. And I'm trying to do this as well. I'm trying to prioritize just hiding my phone, putting the TV off, or just going somewhere where it's just me, my book, and I have to focus. And it's just peaceful. And it's good. And sometimes it gets exciting if I get a revelation of my word. But I'm trying to prioritize presence. Jesus is worth the wait. So that was the first, what are you waiting for? The second dean is, what are you waiting for? Just eat it. Like, why have you needed it yet? Embrace this life with Christ. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? It's an exciting thing to, to take this invitation, to receive this gift. It's better than only gift under the tree. It's the gift of Jesus. And when I was writing this, I got a picture. The Lord speaks man pictures sometimes. And it was a, a, a massive water slide. And if you've ever been to a water park, it could be in Spain or, or Florida. And they've got these water slides. And it's near like the old slide that used to get in the broth pool. Mine on Alexander Terrace. It was like a little elephant. And it was, it's the saddest slide you've ever seen in your life. Right? As far as mine's at. Uh, but it was one of them really cool big slides that you go doing and you've got to like climb among a stairs and you've got a queue of hen folk and you're buzzing for like oh this is so cool and then you get to the the point for it's your turn and you get and you realize how actually this is a bit tall <laughs> and you're standing there and you're now aware while this eyeballs a hen you watching you is she get good in is she get good in she can't bottle it. She can't do the walk of shame. Faz doing the walk of shame before. Oh, or something worse. I'm too prideful. I don't think, I'm, I think I'm more prideful than I am fearful because I've never done the walk of shame. <laughs> and I've just gone, boop. <laughs> and like, there's always eyeballs on you, right? See, so when you come to church, there's always going to be somebody who's got an opinion about Jesus, about Christians, about church. Ken or Shreyan, this is what they do, this is, this is, this. Abdi's got an, you're not going to be able to do this. Abdi's got an, but forget about what other people are saying. Forget about the eyeballs that are on you when you're in church. Accept Jesus. Just talk that leap. Because at the end of the day, it's you that has to stand before God. Near your pals, near other people that are giving you other opinions about going to church or believing in Jesus. Because sometimes they're all right, Ken, about going to church. But believing in Jesus. I was speaking to this group of folk yesterday. And they were speaking about a minister that they'd heard speaking some way. Ah, oh, he's such a Bible basher. Fit. And I was like, that's his job. He goes to church. And like my mom's looking at me going, mm. I'm like, I'm sorry, but... 
If you believe in Jesus, of course you get bashed the Bible, whatever that means. Yes, we're Bible bashers. I like Jesus. Is it really that big a surprise? Can the man's up a front with a collar or no, but he's a Bible basher. <laughs> if he did, if he did you expect he was going to speak about, like, if it was on TV last night? Oh, my word. People are always going to hear an opinion about Jesus and about why you shouldn't go to church or shouldn't believe in Jesus. But it's not about them. It's about you, your eternity, where you're going to spend eternity. It's a serious thing. And Jesus is chosen to tell you about salvation if you're sitting here this morning. He's got a gift for you and asking you to take the plunge. Go down the slide. Just do it. Because it's not about your pals. It's not about your family. It's about you and it's about Jesus and what he's got for you. Then a let other people pick you off and making a decision that's going to change your life for the better. There's always going to be haters. It's like the great poet Taylor Swift said, the haters going to hate, hate, hate. Okay? But she says, you've just got to shake it off. Shake it off. Okay? Just do it. What are you waiting for? Quite too excited. I've forgotten where I am now. But I'll come to my Holy Spirit's here. It's okay, folks. He's running the show. You are the one God is speaking to this morning. How are you going to respond? What happens when you actually go down the water slide? You hear the time of your life. That's what happens. You go down the slide and you go down the twists and the turns. And then you go down so fast into the water that like the water hits goes up your nose and hits your brain, and it's there for half an hour. But it was the most amazing ride you've ever been on. And then you come home for your holidays and say, guess what I did? <laughs> I could do not slide. And you feel amazing. Take the plunge this morning. Dinner stand and watch the person. There's nothing worse. See, when you're at the water slide, and the person in front of you has bottled it. Look, clean pitch you off. You're like, no! And it kind of says, oh, well, if they've bottled it, maybe I can then I look at other folk, other folk that have walked away from the faith, other, other folk that have trashed the faith, anything like that. It's near about them, if they've decided to do, it's about your decision that you're going to mark in your life. We've got to take these decisions seriously. I like to be serious enough. I like to hear laugh, but spiritual things are serious things too. Take that decision that Jesus is offering you serious. And you will hear the time of your life. There will be loops. There might be some spraggings up your nose and you'll get a sour brain. But it's totally worth it. Ask life with Jesus. Simeon would tell you. Anna would tell you. I will tell you. It is worth it. So what are you waiting for this morning? Embrace Jesus. Decide to come to him. Choose Jesus. Take the plunge. So the first thing I want to end with is do you want to tuck the plunge for Jesus this morning? Let's abdi close our eyes. Lord, just come with your presence right now and still our hearts. Peace come upon us. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is calling you right now.
He's come, we have peace, and he's got a hand out before you, asking you, do you want to take the plunge today? It's just about you and him. There's not always going to be a chance because we think, oh, I'll do it later, or I'll wait till I'm all or or I'm not sure, but you didn't care if it's for you. And Jesus, he wants to rescue you. He wants you to take this gift of salvation and be with him in eternity forever. This is a serious thing for our lives and for the other lives that we'll touch. Jesus is giving you that chance today. Didn't walk out that door refusing him again because he loves you more than anything. And it's why you've been coming here. It's why you've heard the name of Jesus so much, because he's desperate for you. And he loves you. And it'll be like coming home, because we didn't all like water slides, but really when we come back to Jesus, it's like coming home. It's like finding that place that you... You've always belonged to. Like, you might feel that you didn't belong only why, you didn't fit in only why. You belong and fit in with Jesus. That is far your home is at, your security, and at peace as well. It's accepting the gift of Christmas in your heart. Oh, Jesus. And maybe your heart is pounding. We're like, oh, and again and again. Just walk away, faith, all the doubts. And all the haters and say, Jesus, I want you. I want to be with Jesus. I want to confess that I believe in Jesus and live my life with him. If you feel like that this morning, while every eye is closed, everybody else, just focus on Jesus. Start praying in tongues under your breath for Jesus to come in to this people's lives this morning. Press in against distraction as salvation has come to this house. Press in. Thank you, God, that you strengthen us. In this place of peace. And nobody's watching you. I'm not even going to open my. Jesus is asking you, do you want to receive the gift this December? And if you do, just put up your hand. Just put up your hand to him. Say, Jesus, because Jesus sees you and he cans your heart and he wants you to can that he wants you to come home. Just raise your hand to Jesus if you want to mark that decision for him today. Thank you, Jesus. If I get the worship, worship wound up. Jesus is here and wants to meet with you this morning. If you have responded to Jesus for the gift of salvation, or if you heard anything in the message that you want to respond to, grace help in the waiting, promise, or if you need healing this morning, if you've got a prayer need this morning, come 
to the front. There is a prayer team that will stand with you, that will stand with you. You're invited to come and meet with Jesus this morning. And that's the greatest gift of all, is being able to come and be with Jesus. It's better than an iPad, better than a bike. His presence is sweet. It lightens your load and gives you peace. So wherever you're at on your journey this morning, whether you've been doing it for a year, 10 years, or you're brand new into the kingdom this morning, come and receive the gift of life of him in presence. Davy, got a wordy. 57 years ago, I sat and listened to a message that touched my heart. Look, Sarah's message has touched my heart this morning. And I sat in the middle of a congregation and many people responded and went forward. But I sat there and I felt I was glued to the seat and I couldn't move. And I desperately wanted to move, but I was a very shy person and I just couldn't do it. And I thank God for a godly pastor that stood at the door and as I went past him, he says, fit about you, Davy. Fit about you, Davy. And I never heard sweeter words in all my life because that's what I wanted. And this morning, I am returning the favor of Pastor Rob Fernie many years ago. And I'm saying to you this morning, fit about you, fit about you. If you want to respond, but you feel glued to your seat, I urge you, it's the best thing that ever I did. 57 years walking with Jesus. It's It's not been all easy, as Sarah said this morning. Lots of ups and downs. But I tell you, it's worth it now. And that song just came into my mind. Uh, what's going to do it now? <laughs> just as I was thinking about it. <laughs> well, this is not a 57-year-old song. But it's a song that we used to sing. In his presence. In his holy presence you're speaking about this morning. The weary find perfect rest. The weary are restored. In his presence, in his holy presence, there's nothing like the presence of the Lord. Come this morning, join the family, be ready for that day when Jesus comes or calls. Fit about you. Then I be glued to your seat. Respond to Sarah's appeal. Amen.